faker. A COVID faker, that is. What can employers do about employees faking COVID to take extra days off? Daniel Kaplan from Foley & Lardner stops by to Lost Blaine. I'm Lawrence Cloutie, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. We're going to jump right into it after we thank our sponsor, Noda. Noda is powered by M&T Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. That's down to the penny. Visit trustnoda.com forward slash legal to learn more. Noda spelled N-O-T-A. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's say hello to our guest, Daniel Kaplan. He's a partner at the law firm of Foley and Lardner. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, COVID fakers today, but you wrote a great piece on this at the Fully and Lardner website. It was titled, Help, We Think Our Employee is Lying About COVID-19 Exposure or Symptoms. And I thought it laid out some really great ideas for employers out there. But before we get into our discussion, let's build out the bona fides just a little bit. What kind of work do you do at your law firm? Hi. Uh, well, I am the co-chair of Foley and Lardner's National Labor and Employment Law Practice. We have about 100 attorneys nationwide at 25 offices. Myself and one of my partners, Jack Lord, out of our Miami office, co-chair the department. We've co-chaired the department for about three to four years now. I've been practicing uh, solely management side labor and employment uh, law for about 25 years. Time certainly has flown. Well, I noticed you said Jack Lord, and I'm assuming you're not uh, meeting the uh, the famed Jack Lord from Hawaii Five O, the original series, right? I am not, although he might like to think so. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So let's uh, let's get into this COVID fakery here. And so, just in terms of when one of your clients, an employer, comes by, you know, what are some of the typical scenarios, sort of telltales that they might be getting taken by one of their employees? So a lot of times, what ends up happening is you have an employee who repeatedly reports that they've been exposed to COVID, not actually tested positive, but just exposed. So that's typically a telltale sign. An employee who is repeatedly calling in or advising their employer on a Friday or on a Monday or Tuesday, you know, those days that uh, correspond to a weekend or days off or holiday times off, those are usually telltale signs that we have some concerns or need to look in it a little deeper. Now, I noticed there was a, a two-week concern there, like a window. So the examples that you gave in your piece, you know, said, okay, they've got a big, uh, you know, company holiday out there. Everybody gets these days off. And all of a sudden, someone's 14 days ahead of time, you know, calling in symptoms. But uh, one of the things that was curious to me is, you know, we've had vaccines out for a while, and these vaccines are in the high 90s in terms of effectiveness. Is that two-week window still applicable? Is the concern about liability still? What's going on there? So a lot of the CDC still has a 14-day quarantine recommendation, and that's primarily for individuals who are not vaccinated or who have symptomology. You can shorten that quarantine period to seven or 10 days, but according to the CDC, that's not a best practice. A best practice continues to be a 14-day quarantine if an employee has been exposed to somebody with COVID or he or she has COVID symptoms. So if they're not vaccinated, the 14 days is still the recommended quarantine. From an exposure standpoint, I don't think employers are terribly concerned about that. I think it's more from a practical standpoint. If an employee actually has COVID, they don't want that employee in the workplace. 
A lot of employers have limited number of employees and they can't afford to have COVID run rampant through their personnel. They just don't have the wherewithal to cover that many absences. Given the the COVID environment in terms of legal, and one of the things I talk about uh, quite a bit on this show was the unintended consequences of shutdown. And I realized as soon as we said, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve, I knew it was going to be difficult to reopen. I knew it was going to create a new vector of liability. So with that in mind, you know, if you start to notice those patterns as you laid out, you know, uh, a certain employee start to take more days off and they happen to be centered around some of those days that you were talking about, you know, what is an employer allowed to do to smoke them out? Sure. So very much like a fraudulent work comp claim, right? An employer can take all the same sort of steps. So for example, if an employer wanted to invest in the retention of an investigator to determine whether or not an employee is in fact quarantining, a 14-day quarantine means just that, quarantining in their home, not outside, not at parties, not at picnics, not skiing, not biking, but doing things that involve a quarantine where they're not around others. In addition, an employer can require an employee to sign an attestation, right? Providing them with the specific facts associated to the exposure or the specific facts associated with a test result. An employer can also require a test and require that they share the test results. So those are all steps that an employer can undertake to quote unquote, smoke out the faker. Let's say that you're pretty sure, not quite a hundred percent sure. And let's say you have that investigator. You notice that, uh, you know, that your employees walking around the block, maybe going to the store, maybe talking to a few people, but doesn't appear to really be enjoying this extra time off. You know, what, what kind of next steps can you take in terms of like, uh, further investigation? You mentioned the private investigator, but, uh, in terms of the HR solution, what can you do? Well, from the, in terms of the HR solution and the, and the path that's probably most common, it's an interview, right? You're going to interview the employee. You're going to take notes of that interview. You're going to require the employee to provide truthful information relative to their practices, what they're doing outside of the workplace, where exposure may be occurring, what they're doing while quarantining. And so long as you can substantiate what they're telling to you, that they're telling you the truth, I think a lot of employers will feel much more confident and comfortable that the quarantine's necessary for this individual. If they get indications that the employee is really not being honest or truthful for them, the story is changing, or they're telling you something that you know is not accurate, an employer can take an adverse employment action, whether that be a suspension or a termination for any legitimately held, honestly held belief that the employee is not being truthful. Well, I think this is going to be the most important question as, as part of our interview here. But uh, obviously, I think most employers would like to uh, stop trouble before it begins. And so in terms of preventative measures, what can an employer do to try to ward off COVID fakery before it begins? Well, I think the, the key right now, we know that people who are vaccinated and do not have symptoms, need not quarantine. So an education program around the benefits of vaccination is probably the number one preventative measure. Employers can incent employees to also get vaccination. We're seeing a lot of incentives at the state level, and I think they're really outside the box thinking, right? Connecticut has a shot in a beer program where employees (laughs) who 
show up, get a shot and prove to some of the various bars and retail establishments who have signed up for the program, show their vaccination card, they get a free beer. I think you make fun, right? Have it be enjoyable, encourage employees through that kind of an incentive program or camaraderie. The thing that's not working for employers is shaming, right? By telling an employee that by not getting a vaccination, you're potentially exposing all of your coworkers to a deadly disease. That's not working. What we need to do is make this a little lighter, make it a little more fun and give them an incentive to get vaccinated. So that's one. Other things to do uh, to preclude or as a preventative measure is mandatory uh, workplace testing. Their testing has become much more prevalent now. And so employers can have access to pretty quickly turned test results. And if you start a serial test program that has regular weekly or some other period of time in between tests, testing for your employees, depending on the size of the workplace, you can get a pretty good measure of who is and who is not COVID positive. I like that idea of offering incentives, you know, and I'm assuming you could maybe offer like a a vaccine bonus or in my case, you know, a nice large frosted cake that would definitely work for me. But uh, if if the incentives aren't working and, uh, you know, an employee, you know, and they have like legitimate reasons for not wanting to get uh, the vaccine, you know, there might be religious or might be a health related issue. If they legitimately refuse to get the, uh, the vaccine and then they're routinely out and say it's like two weeks here, two weeks there, two weeks some other place, you're looking at like uh, a month or six weeks, they're out of the office. So what can you do at that point if you're an employer? So until there is uniformity amongst many states as to their state laws, all employers are going to have to double check the state law relative to whether or not there is a prohibition against termination or taking an adverse action against an employee for a COVID-related reason. But right now, there are very few such prohibitions. So if you have an employee who is simply unreliable in attendance, whether that's because they routinely have called in and suggested they've been in close contact or they are not practicing smart or not engaged in smart practices outside the workplace. Maybe they're not wearing a mask. Maybe they're going to bars on a routine basis without a mask. There is no obligation from an employer to maintain that employee's employment. So an employer could, if you have an employee with a lack of reliability, terminate that employee and replace them with somebody else. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please recommend the show to a friend. They might even thank you for it. And one more thank you to our sponsor, Noda. You can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal. That's Noda spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never, never least, thank you to our team producer, Molly McDonough, and our LTN audio crew for being awesome. They're the best. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Cletty. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.